on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline, who got cut, who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime. Time. Got the game statistics. I could say if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now raw mind sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is raw mind sports. Another edition. Welcome to another edition of Raw Mind Sports, Raw Thoughts Today. I'm your host, Ryan Jones, and today I got my guy, Tony Tucker, none other than Mr. Project Dribble Podcast himself. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm here to enlighten all of your audience, just like I've done on my past appearances on the show. (laughs) Indeed you have. Indeed you have. And with that being said, so a word from my sponsor, Brandy's NC. Have you seen, have you tried Brandy's? food truck based out of eastern north carolina these truckers will have it all for you homemade dough and sauce pizza stramboli cheesesteak chicken subs and more they cater anything from birthday parties and family dinners check out their website brandisnc.com brandisnc.com use the promo code rawmind you get a five percent discount on online orders yeah i said it use the promo code rawmind and you'll get a five percent discount on online orders with that being said, follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So today, first things first, man, because we have a lot of talk these past few weeks. So here's my thing. You know, you're in Cali now. I, you're a Lakers fan, but we're not here to talk about the Lakers yet. We're going to use that for later. But right now, we're going to talk about two things here. But the first one is this. The KD situation. How do you feel what Michael Rappaport did and what what was going on in this situation? Give me your raw thoughts today, Tony. Okay, so when this came out, I had to go to the internet to see where people were siding because I grew up playing sports and in a locker room and heard way more foul stuff than what was (laughs) happening here. And then I was like, people are like, oh, no, why would KD do this? People, you actually think that KD is like some choir boy or something? You think he's like, you think he settles disputes like Grant Hill, where he wants to go there and have a sophisticated? No, no, he was upset. He, he, we've seen him in his feelings before with burners and other stuff. So, like, I don't have any problem. This wasn't shocking to me, right? Now, right. if somebody like LeBron James, who's a guy who's out there building schools and. He's, he's standing, and he's PC, and he's the, the forefront of all these things. If he did that, there would have been some shock if I was like, oh, he's speaking like this in a public forum. Now, I'm not, gonna, I'm not naive enough to think that all of these athletes don't get together and use foul language and things that wouldn't be loved by the masses. So this didn't bother me at all. I wish he would have been a little more creative. Like, let's take some shots at Rappaport's <laughs> career instead of using homophobic, you know, <laughs> slurs to try and to bring him down. My thing would have been like, dude, let's attack the fact that the man hasn't had a good project in the last 15 years or, or something mm. like that. And he, he, I mean, it's not really 
creative, but he's also not like a comedy writer or, or a overly creative person, you know, like right. maybe somebody like Baron Davis, who's into the arts <laughs> would have attacked him a little. There's a deep pull for your audience. What they're like, Baron Davis. Oh, I, remember <laughs> I, I hope they do. I used, to, I used to love Baron Davis myself as a point guard. People just, he, he was the real deal, but go ahead. You say LA alum. Yeah, no, I think that KD is and now all of a sudden Katie's like, oh, well, uh, I might be ready to get back on the court. It's like, oh, yeah, because you need some press about you dropping buckets so people will stop worrying about how you were dropping, you know, F-bombs and whatever else inside <laughs> of these text threads. Also, Michael Rapoport trying to share this publicly, I don't really like that either because, like, people used to send me some pretty nasty stuff when I used to write for Ble- Bleacher Report and some of, like, Yahoo!, People like would send me, oh, this fake ass N word, you know, stuff like that, because I'm a mixed race kid. So they would, yeah. I, I used to do this dumb uh, ice cube impersonation or whatever, you know, where it was mm-hmm. like, and they would say all of this, oh, I feel so bad for this, you know, this light skinned kid. He's so lost. He'll and like, and I was just like, if I were to go and just sh- share the horrible things that were said to me privately, it would have been bad look for some of these people but i don't gain anything from that and and right. i wouldn't that's them communicating their frustrations with me for whatever reason that's a private thing if they shared it on like a comment that was a public forum then you can share it but he was a ba- he was basically exchanging locker room talk in a private area and then Rappaport shared that so i didn't really like that much yeah, yeah i'm kind of on the same end of that um <clears throat> I felt like that's typical KD. Like you said, it's not LeBron. He's not the face of the NBA. He's a big name in the NBA. But as I say, the face of the NBA, that is all LeBron James. So certain stuff LeBron James ain't going to do. KD is a kid that came from from D.C., Washington, D.C. You know, he's pretty much uh, been a guy who's been very raw since he left OKC. He was raw when he was at Golden State. He's coming back into his element. And then I said to myself, like, oh, there goes the D.C. kid I've been looking for. So, you know, things like that are just, <laughs> yeah, because they, they are pretty raw at times now. So I know. I saw there you go. Because at one time it's crap. I'm like, yo, this that dude is really, 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 really quiet. But this goes to show you, you know, at the end of the day that, um, what's the word for it? Uh, PRs. This is why these guys have PRs. This is why these guys have people who really speak up, say certain things, because anything can get blown out of proportion, but at the same time, that was like a direct hit. You know, probably the PR probably was like, you know, you shouldn't have said that, KD. But at the same time, it was like, man, Michael Rappaport is reaching. Michael Rappaport needs some views. Ever since he's been cussing out Trump the entire time, then he goes off to bring attention to his audience. It's like called engaging with the audience. Then he goes back and now he's going at KD, showing those messages publicly. Like I knew, I knew he was reaching. You know, KD probably didn't care, but at the same time, like, yo, dude, you really did me like that. You talked all this junk, and then when I opened up Pandora's box on you, you threw it out. For me, I say, like, we know that's typical talk, but I also know, like, it's certain people that you know, they was waiting for that that move. And Michael Rappaport provided his opportunities move. He saw that coming. He was like, yeah, it's my chance to get my break again. You know, so that's what it was. Go ahead, Tony. 
Yeah, no, he was very strategic, right? He, yep. What he, what he did was he did everything publicly. He'd be he'd go on a show and he'd be like, "Okay, listen, this is what what I gotta say about KB <laughs> and whining and blah blah blah." Yeah. That thing where yeah. He's in there. I'm a Knicks fan. It's like, okay, we get it. The Knicks are trash. They're barely making the playoffs. And you wanted KD to come there and save you. You start talking all this sort of friendly trash publicly. You bait KD into this. If you look how strategic he is, he goes, hey, man, why don't you why don't you go out there and support the Girls and Boys Club or whatever that organization is? He kept saying in the text thread, he was very professional, just sort of just baiting him, egging him along. Letting yeah. the things just rack up this entire message thread. If you go in there, he doesn't defend himself. He doesn't say anything. He always pretends like, you know, like if you ever see him on like uh, the show Undisputed with Skip, he's like, yeah. I'm a New Yorker. I'm tough. Okay. I'm, I'm from, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Like he's always doing that. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, all of a sudden yeah. some guy's challenging him verbally. And all of a sudden he's just like, I can't even believe this. He's threatening my family. He's uh, he's saying all these things that hurt my and I, and I was like, bro, you you get on and you do this thing where you act like a tough guy, and then some guy gets into your DMs like this, and you're not yeah. a tough guy. Like, I just it was such it was so well played that he we all know that he did a lot of this so he could sell dates somewhere for his stand up yeah. or whatever it is. And yeah, and I, and I agree with that, man. And. That's what it's it's sad, but it's true. And what's the line my grandma always say? It's hard, but it's fair. Cause when you're in the media game, when you're trying to catch this this energy or catch a, a crowd or your, your your market or your audience, you're gonna do some things to bring attention. For me personally, no, I wouldn't do that. I'm gonna do it naturally and do it the correct way to provide my raw thoughts. But to do it like him. It's almost like he's probably been depressed for years and years, and it's like he had to do something in his mind. So he feels in his mind he's been there at the top before, and now it's almost like, where'd he go? Where is that? It's almost like a a, a a great NBA player, NFL player played for years, and then he just falls off or family issues or drugs or something like that. And it's like, like what happened? Why did this happen? Oh, my God. My rap report is like, man, I got to build up, build up. With that being said – we go to another word from my sponsor, Dashika Berry. She needs a favor. Who do you know buying or selling real estate right now? Have them call her. She can really help. And yeah, it doesn't matter what state you're in. This realtor is helping with credit restoration on the path to buying your home, dream home. Give her a call. Dashika Realty, 317-566-4314. 317-566-4314. Use the promo code RAWMINE, and you'll get a great discount on that. Now the next story, Tony Tucker. And I already knew this was going to come out a certain way, but we're going to go with Stephen A doing his usual going at Russell Westbrook. And I'm going to let you take the floor from there before I give my raw thoughts on the entire situation. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't exactly know what Stephen A went after him for this time. Um, but my overall, my first lap on this will be this, is that, we are all so hard on Russell Westbrook, right? Because his game has not translated to the top. Mm -hmm. Like, he puts up all of these great numbers, the triple-double statistics. I was talking about this the other day on one of my shows, is that where is Westbrook's utopia? Where would he fit in the best? And 
the my guest brought up a good point. Miami seems to be the only place where I could see his aggressive style of basketball really working because he could be surrounded by guys that could shoot, shoot. the ball. And also, he's he's so intense that that matches Jimmy Butler's intensity because Jimmy Butler got a lot of flack for a long time about being too aggressive or too intense with some of the younger guys like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and then when he was in Chicago and and those different places, even in Philadelphia, he didn't think people were taking it seriously. Nobody can question Westbrook taking basketball seriously. This guy plays so hard. It's just that when is it going to translate to a finals appearance? I want to see Russell Westbrook in the finals. I just don't know if it's ever going to happen. But tell me a little bit more about I don't know exactly what Stephen A. said about Westbrook on this occasion. Basically, what he said is he's same song, same story. When he had that great um, night last week, you know, last week sometime last week, he had an amazing triple double. Basically, Stephen A. saying, "Look, we didn't seen this over and over and over. This ain't nothing new." And then everybody saying, "Like, oh my God, it was a great, unprecedented triple double that he did. He was unbelievable." So you know. Stephen A. said, same stuff, same song. He ain't won a championship. We, he gets triple doubles. And he basically saying he still can't shoot the ball. So it's like, okay, I didn't see this. Like, why we keep, like, I guess in his mind, like, why we keep talking about his amazing things? He said, we already know that. We already know what Russell can do. You know, he said, but Russell needs a championship. He was basically saying Russell needs to be in the finals. Russell needs to win the championship, and then we'll talk. After that, he said, but of course, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be a triple-double machine, as he is, but it hasn't predicated to him getting into a championship. So he basically like, shoot, don't talk me to death. In a raw thought situation without him being raw, because, you know, Stephen A is a balancer, so he tries to find ways to use the words literally correct to make it seem what it is. It's basically like, man, look, we talk about Russell Wilson triple-doubles all the time, man. We ain't talking about nothing. You know, it's the same thing over and over. I mean, talk to me when he wins the championship. Talk to me when he gets to a championship. So it was kind of like that. So his wife went off saying it's more than just championships to him. He is, you know, he was saying that he's been doing a lot of things off the court. He came from a serious, a bad environment, projects or whatever in Cali, the place he was at, I think in Inglewood. So he made it out, and his thing is to help others make it out. It's, it's not just about a championship. It's about showing people he can do. He's doing a lot of things off the court as well, being successful. Pretty much got quite a few businesses. He's one of the head um, endorsers of Flow, the alkaline water. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. But for me, this is where I'm going at. And by the way, before I start that, um, first and foremost, I got my guy, Will Vines, man. Will Vines, he grew up with me for years, Tony. And this guy is now a realtor. Like, he's a guy who is phenomenal. He's always a hard worker, grinding at it over and over and over and over. I'm surprised he's a realtor because he can just about do anything. But... I'm pretty sure my viewers need to hear about him, so that's what I'm about to talk about now, Tony. You know, check out, you know, William Vines right now. It is um his new realtor job that he has now at Black Street State Link and Native Homes LLC. He's a part of something with, like, they uh pretty much buy, sell, invest in the real estate, man. I'm telling you, he would do whatever it takes, and he would work hard, very, very hard to help you get what you need done in the real estate game or buying your own home or purchase. But, yeah, definitely check him out. And I'm just honored for him to be a proud sponsor of All My Sports as well. But, yeah, check out William Vines, and um, we'll have more details on the next show.
but in the, in the meantime, like he's he's really really doing his thing in the real estate world, and I appreciate. It. Definitely check out my guy, um, Marvin Vines. Go to his Instagram, Willie Esco, and he'll get you um situated in all your real estate needs. But now- if you're looking for a home in North Carolina, call or text. Will Vines at 707-803-1756. He buys the sales flip homes for you. Also, if you have bad credit or want a home, he can help you with that. Either way, give him a call. Use the promo code RAWMIND. And use the promo code RAWMIND. He's going to help you out and give you even a better discount to help you providing your dreams of your new purchase or new home to come true. Now I'm going to the Westbrook scenario. To me, and I ain't gonna lie, Westbrook is my favorite player. I always liked him, but I'm not gonna be biased. But I just feel like this is what it is. Westbrook is in the same situation of Carmelo, Allen Iverson, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, all those guys. Why? Because they were in an era where it was certain players or certain teams who ran the era, meaning that it was teams that you had to go through to win a championship. This era, the Westbrook era, was with the Miami Heat when they had LeBron over there with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, the Golden State Warriors without KD and with KD. Now you got LeBron winning another title. I ain't gonna put Kawhi in it, but Kawhi's all won a championship. But I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna say they had consistent domination. But those three teams alone have you going. Now this year you have a now stacked Brooklyn Nets team now, which it's gonna be hard to beat that he's had to go against. And you got the L.A. Lakers in the West, but right now he's in the East. Also, Stephen A. was talking about their record. Like at the time, it was like 17 and 28. They say we he talking about triple doubles and y'all your team is 17 to 28. So now I'm saying like the situation he's in is gonna be hard for him to win a championship no matter what. Like he's he's really going against Goliath and all these situations. Situations are hard. Now he hasn't made a finals appearance before. I can say that. But my thing is, if we're gonna critique Russell Westbrook, who's made a finals appearance, who has won an MVP. And most MVPs have made a finals appearance, win or lose. Most MVPs of the league made a finals appearance, win or lose, they have made a finals appearance. But it's one guy out there that's a repeated, I mean repeated finals MVP. And I I said most MVPs because I know Steve Nash won it back-to-back a few years and he never made it to the finals. And that's the Greek freak. We talk about him all the time, talk about how great he is, but he ain't made a finals appearance. He's going to be the next person we talk about. He might win it for a third year since LeBron got hurt, KD didn't got hurt, J- James Harden out for a little bit. We may be saying the Greek Freak might be a three-time MVP. That might not make the finals. But we're still bickering and everybody's complaining about the style, game, or whatever that Russell Westbrook has without making the finals since KD was there. But KD has also played with a lot of people. Since then, KD had a chance to beat the Golden State Warriors in Game 7 against Golden State before he went to Golden State, and he played awful in Game 7. Westbrook carried them then. Then he goes to team up with these guys. 
leaves Westbrook pretty much by himself that year. That's the year when Westbrook won the MVP. Pretty much carried that whole team to the playoffs. Bill been in out the lineup this year. But I'm going to tell you this. If the, if the Washington Wizards could get into that playoff game in the NBA, look out. Because I'm telling you, that team is set up for the playoffs. Like for Bill and Russell to play a seven-game series. Now, I can see them maybe getting out the first round. They done after that. But I don't see them. Yeah, I see them if they could get into the playoff game. Right now, they might not make the playoffs. But I can see them getting out the first round playing. Now, hold on. Let me take that back. Now, I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say this over. So let me let me say this before you uh, all. <laughs> I know what I'm about to go. See, they probably playing against Brooklyn. I, I just realized what I said. So I'm going to take that back. No, they're not getting out the first round. I'm thinking if they playing somebody like maybe – we don't know how Philly's health is. I'm thinking if they – because the East is so – the Eastern Conference on, Tony, is so – if you win five games, you might be in the fifth place. You lose two games, you might be out the playoffs. Like, everybody – the East has so many – everybody's just about even over there in their seating. You know, with the exception of Brooklyn probably trying to get a good lease or whatever, you know. But it's not like, I mean, all it takes is a few bad games, you have the playoffs, a few good games, you in the playoffs in the East. It ain't like the West – well, like, you you know who what team's going. You know Utah going. You know Lakers going regardless of the injuries. You know the Suns are going. You know Denver going. Clippers going to go. So, I mean, you already know who pretty much is locked in in the West. Everybody else is for sale in the West. But the Eastern Conference is like that. But I'm saying to myself, like, Westbrook has been dominant. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He is really playing great. He has been unselfish. He led, Last year, he was an MVP candidate with James Harden. Now he's playing. He was playing lights out last year. He was in the top five and assists last year, top five and assists again this year. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Stephen A is basically saying, like, he needs a jump shot to, to, to take him to the next level. Basically, what he's saying, with all the triple doubles in the world, he can't shoot the ball. It's irrelevant in the league right now. I'm saying jump shot or not, if you surround this guy with a bunch of shooters, he can be hard to guard. Because now you got him on an island, one-on-one against whoever you were saying, like you were saying, that unbridled aggression. He's so aggressive. And you got guys around him spotting up, waiting for the ball. It would be difficult to stop that man if he had a bunch of shooters around him, like consistent shooters. I ain't just talking about just no role player. Here today, Kyle Corver shooting good today. Next week, he over 50. I'm talking about like a good core of shooters. But when I look at Westbrook, I just feel like raw thoughts that he's in a bad situation because he's playing in an era where teams are te- superstars are teaming up, and it's it's certain players. We know LeBron going, and you know certain players and certain teams are stacking the deck. So it's almost like you asking him to basically play by himself. People saying he can take a pay cut. People saying nobody want to play with him. I don't think that's the case at this point. Him and KD probably was probably young and, 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 and in their own world during that time frame. But after that, I've seen people going over to play with him. I don't think they left because Westbrook. I think they left because of business. You know, and I, even with James Harden's situation, they both wanted out of um, Houston. So it wasn't like they couldn't play with each other either. But give me your thoughts on that, man, because I know I didn't talk to her enough okay. for you. There's a lot to unpack <laughs> with what you just said. I'm going to start with the fact that there is no way the Wizards win a playoff series because they don't play defense and they don't shoot the ball well enough. But Yeah, they all did last in, in defense. I too. could that see a scenario in which in a play-in tournament, they could get hot for two games at the 10 seed playing the 7 seed, which will be like the Knicks or something like that. 
So they could get hot in a situation like that or against the Bulls as a seven seed, whoever is, is in there. And they could make the playoffs, but they're out in the first round if they play a team like Philly or the Bucks or the Nets at the top. Here's, well, yeah, yeah, here's yeah. the problem with, with just sports talk in general. The wife has a good point. He's made great things of himself, right? We got the Russell Westbrook Jeep dealership near my the old city I used to live in, right? He's done so many great things for the community that he came out of, but all of those things kind of get pushed to the to the back burner of whatever it is because you start looking at his legacy on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like we should be able to appreciate a Tuesday night where he puts up 21 assists, 14 boards, and 30 points or whatever. He's on my fantasy team, so I was very happy about the 93 points <laughs> I got from Russell Westbrook that night. The thing is, is that we spend so much time in – this is why the NBA can't grow in popularity. We talk about the same 8 to 10 topics in basketball altogether. It's like why not spend more time talking about the reason why – that doesn't work. You know, like, why is it? Because I would be interested to hear from Stephen A. Smith on what does he think of CP3 then? He's never played in a finals. Oh, right. And they did bring that up. But go ahead. Go ahead. So you have a guy like CP3 who's out there. He brings winning to his teams. Why is that different for Russell Westbrook? Like, Beal, I had the Wizards in the playoffs. I had them at, like, a six seed with Beal and Westbrook together. This is just not meshed. It's not worked at all. Um, And I'm curious as to why it doesn't work there and where is the best place for Westbrook to go. It's sort of like when I look at Ben Simmons, who also can't shoot threes and a poor free throw shooter. If you have Ben Simmons and you are surrounding him with shooters, even Joel Embiid can shoot the three. So you can put Mm -hmm. Simmons down in the post or the block and he can work. And that's the same thing that you can do with Westbrook. Last thing on this. I wrote an article uh, a long time ago, like I said. I used to write for Bleach Report, and it was the five greatest losers of NBA history. And people got pissed <laughs> about the title. And I was like, no, no, I'm not calling Allen Iverson, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, Chris Mall. I'm not calling these guys losers. What I'm saying is they were losers because they were trapped in a generation where Michael Jordan ruled mm-hmm. the NBA. And that makes right. them losers by default. Because it is NBA is the one sport where you can have one guy who can dominate the game. You know, like we haven't really seen that in football until we had somebody like Tom Brady. And with the rules being progressively more, you know, uh, benefiting the offense, it seems more likely like we're going to have more, you know, when Brady retires, we'll have more quarterbacks dominating eras. Patrick Mahomes is an, another guy I believe will be able to do brady type things don't people don't at me at all he will not be tom brady but he'll be able to have dominant runs like brady has had to stay in basketball for a second russell westbrook will be remembered like you said as a guy who played during the lebron james era and there will be plenty of guys like this where people will go oh well kd had to do this to get his rings james harden had to go join the nets to do his thing you know like everybody will be have asterisks next to their name because they played in the LeBron James era. Before this, it was right. a Kobe Shaq sort of Spurs era. In between the LeBron and Jordan era, you can look and say, oh, well, Kobe Shaq and the Spurs 
dominated basketball. And great players, right. Chauncey Billups of the Pistons was able to squeak in and get lead his team with Rip Hamilton and Rashid and all those guys. We're able to eke out one during before right before the Jordan era started, when we had the Magic Bird era. Isaiah Thomas was able to help with Joe Dumars, get his team over. Where can Russell Westbrook go to squeeze in his one championship? That's all we want to know. Mm. You know, Clyde Drexler went to Houston and did that with Hakeem, you know, and Sam Cassell and those guys for a couple years when Jordan retired to play baseball. It's where can Westbrook squeeze in, have maximum, you know, sort of benefit to his team and get a championship. And I think that is in Miami. Uh, after looking at it further, I was like, I could see the, I could see the heat with Westbrook maybe contending for a hmm. championship next year. Finding the sun, sunshine Westbrook, Miami Westbrook. I, I can see it. Has a little tang to it, man. I definitely see that. And that's what I'm going there. But another word from my sponsor, At The Pure Technology, man, my main man. At The Pure Technology is a company that does a lot. They're really good. I tried all their products. They do anything to fight off bacteria, COVID-19, E. coli, all that stuff. I, I, it's a quite interesting project. I mean, product that people get that I was kind of shocked at at first. But trust me, people, anybody's listening to me, do me a favor. Go to At The Pure technology.com and check out their products to help combat with the, the pandemic and the virus that we're, we're actually going against. And it just doesn't do anything or just, it's just not about COVID-19. They also handle other bacteria products, other bacteria out here in the world, in the air or on surfaces. So I definitely think you should try it out because I have, and it, it does me wonders. So I'm good to go. With that being said, let's hear a word from them real quick. As the COVID-19 variant continues to spread across the United States and the world, did you know that once a virus, bacteria, or fungi is re-entered into a space that may have been clean, that space is no longer clean and sanitized, and it's possibly not safe to be there. That's why Active Pure, which is NASA-developed technology, FDA-compliant, military, and CDC lab-tested, is proven and certified in leading the fight against SARS, COVID viruses, and other bacteria and fungi 24-7. They're helping schools, organizations, churches, businesses large and small, and governments reopen and expand and save money by not having to continually spray and wipe down services, resulting in revenue savings. For more information or a demo, contact your Active Pure local distributor at 689-222-8900. That's 689-222-8900. Active Pure has units for automobiles and for pet lovers to remove odors. And if you're looking to earn some extra money, become a distributor. Contact your Active Pure local distributor at 689-222-8900. That's 689-222-8900. So with that being said, NFL talk, man, NFL talk. To me, I'm going to ask you, because I don't know, but this is all you right here, so I don't even know what this is after this. Who is the best pick in the draft overall in the NFL, no matter the position? Wow. Um, that is a lot. Okay, so here's what I would say. The best pick in the draft because of – the way the NFL has gone to me is Trevor Lawrence, right? He's the top of, he's the heap. He's the guy that could within two to three years change your franchise. We already saw what Justin Herbert was able to do 
with uh, the Chargers team mm. that is rebuilding around him. I would say this, though, because the quarterback is such – it is a powerful position, but it is also so dependent on how good will the Jags' offensive line be. How many weapons do they have? Is DJ Chark a legitimate number one? Can they bring somebody else there? Do they have weapons at the tight end position? Is James Robinson real? How is that defense at getting turnovers? Urban Myers. There's so many uh, questions that could go into a five-year sort of flameout. I don't believe that's going to happen for the Jaguars, but it could be. I think the safest pick is that beastly offensive lineman, Penny Sewell or however you say his name. I'm sorry I'm butchering your name, sir. Mm-hmm. But that offensive lineman, if he can, if you can get a guy like that, think about like Joe Thomas, you know, like – the guy that you just inked up for a long time, Williams, or um, who's the? Trent Williams. Trent Williams, yes, thank you. When you can get a guy that high in the draft and he's a corners, those guys can keep your franchise quarterback upright. So I would say Trevor Lawrence, but whoever gets that offensive lineman is getting a guy for 10 to 12 years that is going to be the cornerstone of success. He'll be linked up with a good quarterback you know, or keeping his quarterback upright. And so that's where I would go right there. I think there's a ton of game changers at the receiver position. The more I look at this draft, you know, the, the running back out of Clemson looks nice. Um, ETN. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of talent in this draft. Um, But I would go those two as the guys that will remember 15, 20 years down the road. This is a everybody talking about these quarterbacks, but we'll talk about that a little later. This draft is loaded with wide receivers and some pretty good corners. But wide receiver wise, like I'm thinking about Matt Jones, and I'm gonna talk about him again later. He's playing with probably the top two of the top ten or top five receivers in the game. Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith. Do you got Waddle there? So I'm like, whew, is he really that good, or is it just because you really had some surreal weapons? But we'll talk about that a little later. I'm just saying this draft is deep with with, with wide receivers. And, and I know people always talk about these top five picks of probably quarterback, yada, yada. But, man, me personally, for some NFL teams, unless it's just a particular receiver that you want, you should be fine with being at 10, 11, or 12. Because these receivers going to fall right in your lap. The best tight end, the pitch kid out of Florida, he may fall in your lap. I don't know. He may be top eight. I'm just trying to figure out how many quarterbacks going to go. Top three probably going to be quarterbacks. Still got Sam Darnold around with the Jets, but I think top three. Then you got the other three that may be quarterbacks, receiver, and some of them really looking for that top-notch corner. So I, I don't even really know who's the, the 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 top ten overall in order. But but um I don't know like you, you just can't go wrong with one of these picks. You can have an explosive guy. You can have a great offense lineman. You can have the quarterback. I'm not still so – the only thing is I hate about, and I know it's, again, from what my grandma said, it's hard but it's fair, is getting these good quarterbacks to go to sorry teams who you know have never been successful in years, and now you're asking them to take on some type of pressure. Jacksonville Jaguars were pretty good with Mark Brunel back in the day. They went to the AFC Championship recently because of a good defense. That's a whole rebuild situation. I don't know what Urban Meyer is going to do. Then you have the Jets. 
same story, same song over and over. The worst thing I can say for me is like watching these good quarterbacks go to these terrible teams. And this is, it ain't like, let's say if it's a 49ers that's up there now and then, or the Cowboys up there now and then, or certain teams that are up there now and then. But certain teams, it's always consistent and it's always been terrible. Browns used to be terrible lately. I mean, until, until they got Baker. I guess they kind of fine with Baker. Jets always been terrible. Jaguars always been terrible. Um, I probably can name I'm going to just name them three for now. But what I'm the saying Lions, is Houston. Yeah, Houston. Lions, Houston. Yeah, so those teams are usually terrible. Like, it's the, the hardest thing is to see a good quarterback, knowing he's going to make a lot of money, knowing he's going to be a top five pick, but also know he's going to one of the most consistent, sorriest franchises in the NFL at the same time. And that's a whole different balance. That's why I say balance is an activity. It's not an end result and it's not a goal. Because as a good quarterback, like those guys are, and at the end of the day, you in the draft, you got to go where, you, where they ask you to go to, where you get picked up at. Now, at the end of your contract, you make a choose where you want to go after that. But you you already know. Unless they just really don't want you there, they just absolutely trade you. You're going to be their stuff at least four years. And all I can say is good luck on that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think that the reason that some of these teams have been so poorly run is because of who they had at GM and head coach, right? Because it kind of stems down. If you don't Mm -hmm. have the structure, you can't build a a successful uh, enterprise. Whatever at home, business, it doesn't matter what it is. So I really like the Urban Meyer coming into Jacksonville. I think that he can provide stability. What, how long he can last, physically healthy, whatever, that's another thing. But I think he can mm-hmm. at least put them on track in the right direction. I also, I kind of like the stuff that Joe Douglas has been doing with the Jets, and I like the hire of Robert Sala. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he comes from a place where there's stability and winning. So if you can get that for what, the what, Jets, what did he come from, by the way? I'm just curious. What did he come from, by the way? from the San Francisco <laughs> 49ers. Um, I would say the Jets are headed in the right direction. And <clears throat> it, it could be a night and day situation. Everybody could go, mm-hmm. oh, well, why didn't Sam Darnold work out? Well, maybe it was just the head coach and the GM mm-hmm. and some of the, you know, they spent a lot of money on Le'Veon Bell when that, when they, probably wasn't a great decision you know for your your rookie quarterback i would i would say this about those positions at the top outside of trevor lawrence i'm not sure that any of these guys are ready to start day one and have the expectations of you need to lift this franchise up i would say Mm. all of these guys need at least eight games to a full season to sit behind a veteran and just watch. Maybe come right, in right. and mop up time or an injury here or there, but they should be the back. You're talking about quarterbacks, right? You ain't talking about the other positions like corner and wide just receiver. Just quarterbacks. Okay, it's, okay, okay. I, I made this I, I made this comparison. It might have been when you were on my show or somebody else, right? You would never ask, you know, straight out of college, you would never ask somebody, to, a kid, to come be the CEO of your investment or financial firm yeah. or whatever it is on day one. You would say, hey, welcome to the team. Now get some coffee. Go make some some prints. You know, help out <laughs> these guys and learn ahead of you. But at someday you will be sitting in the decision making CEO chair of this team. But we want to prepare you for that. So you're not overwhelmed right. on day one, you know, at Goldman Sachs or whatever famous right. financial <laughs> firm, which right. um, they would love to be a 
the sponsor at Ramine Sports, reach out to Ryan Goldman Sachs. You got that right. Hey, and I, I will take that with open arms. Goldman Sachs and that. Oh, boy, we're going to the top. You coming with me too, Tony. We're going to put these shows together. The Ramine Sports and the Project Dribble Connection. <laughs> Suit and tie all the time. Yeah, my fault. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was getting my bow tie ready for Goldman Sachs. I'm a bow tie guy. <laughs> I don't have enough neck for a good tie. <laughs> so, yeah, man, with that being said, before we go to the next topic, man, I want to talk about Casey King. She has amazing white teeth whitening products and also other products as well. And, you know, she keeps my smile going well. So, with that being said, I'm kind of happy because her products are amazing. And I genuinely appreciate them. I use them myself. And I'm telling you, you would not be disappointed. Give her a try. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Seriously. With that being said, let's hear a word for Casey King and her amazing products. This episode today is brought to you by Casey King. is a registered dental hygienist that has a product that she uses herself and recommends to her patients daily. It is a whitening toothpaste that contains no bleach or peroxide, so it won't make your teeth sensitive like other whitening products. It's also more affordable than white strips and prescription bleaching products. Safe use for teens with braces and kids. Ages 2 plus. Just replace regular toothpaste and brush two times a day like usual. There is no extra steps or messy trays involved. You're already brushing anyway. Why not have a pain-free white smile while you're at it? Contact Casey King, registered dental hygienist on Facebook, and mention this podcast for a 10% discount. And use the promo code RAWMIND. Yeah, I said it. A 10% discount on this product by using the promo code RAWMIND. And check out her other health and beauty products on her Facebook VIP page, Casey's Bright Smiles, and more. All right, so with that being said, we didn't heard enough. We didn't keep hearing more and more and more. I don't know what the situation may be, but you're innocent until you're proven guilty. With that being said, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson. The floor is yours again, Project Dribble. <laughs> this, is, um, this is one of those situations that's extremely sad all around, right? Because by all accounts, uh, Deshaun Watson was an upstanding citizen athlete role model all of these things Mm -hmm. and i think you do have to listen to the accusations and all the people coming forward and all the things coming out it's a tricky situation with the legal battle and stuff like that and are things criminal or is it also just sort of a bad look to have a franchise quarterback who is doing things that shouldn't be done you know like whether or not it's whether or not it's settled, you know, or whether or not there's actual punishable jail time criminal activity here, like there is behavior that's like, oh, this is not this is not a good look for the NFL. It's not a good look for him. It's like, how do you prove it? Even if he even if he comes out, mm-hmm. you know, where everything is like people start recanting statements and whatever the stain of this is going to follow him forever. That's the bad side about how we live now is nobody ever mm-hmm. follows up later to find out how these things, these situations worked out because it's just like, oh, I have this this image of time when he was accused of all of these things. So therefore, he's just this horrible person for the rest of time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. don't 
you don't go back to see how the sand shifted out, you know, like in the situation. Um, I, I, I'm not going to give a judgment call on Deshaun Watson or anything. I'm just going to say that like, if some of these things are true, I feel horrible for, you know, the women involved in this. And also that, that this is sort of the story of where he's going. Because for me, from somebody who just wants to consume entertainment, like it's going to completely derail or ruin his career. You know, like to me, this feels like one of those things it's hard to come back from. You know, I said the same thing about uh, somebody like Michael Vick, <clears throat> where it's like when you have when you have the things that were levied against him and he was sort of to me. I never really understood whether or not Michael Vick was doing all of the horrible things he was accused of or if he was just funding it. Either way, it was a mm. bad situation. And then he was just sort of used as like the, the face of this thing and they punished him. I do think that it's an easier road back to your sort of redemption. We want, we want to believe that people can change and become better and you get second opportunities. Right. So is there a scenario in which Deshaun Watson, who I think is like 25, could have criminal repercussions and then come back from this. This one feels like a tougher putt than some of the other people that we've seen have troubles with the law and they come back and they get redemption. You know, like I'm trying, I'm really trying to think. I do believe that he would. I mean, we just saw, I'm trying to think, uh, Kareem Hunt, where he like, was upset in the thing where he gets cut from the chiefs and he kicks a woman. It's like, he came back. It's just, it's such a sensitive issue on all sides where I'm just like, (laughs) I just feel shitty for the women and I feel shitty for him. Cause especially if he didn't do it. Now, if he did it, then if he really, really did it, although, like I said, you're innocent until proven guilty. Like if he really did it, that's one thing. But if we really know behind the scenes or we really know the truth that, we don't know if these women trying to collect money or somebody putting them up for it or whatever. And it's really not. Um, he didn't do it, and they're blaming him and sabotaging him on purpose because he don't want to be in Houston. That would be, like, the the worst thing ever. And the crazy part is I want to say with situations like this, if things happen like that, I don't know if his contract could be voided or it'll just put a stamp on him it just because we don't really know the stipulation of the contract although we know he never got in any trouble before we don't know what was put into that contract clause the no trade clause all that stuff and although he was a good guy but just as soon it's just i running to me like just as soon as he said he won't out everything comes up but nobody's went to the police yet to, to, to press charges but they said the lawyer claimed he's going to do that but i haven't seen anything now it also puts the nfl in the situation because if it is true or not, now the NFL, Ross Goodell, all these people got to say, we got to keep our reputation good. We can't be out here letting everything slide with a man beating a woman. That's not going to slide right. That's not going to look good for our sponsors. It's not going to look good for the viewers, the fans. Like that, that, that brings a whole different mix. Like Although that may does happen in the real world where people have been abused, women have been abused, men have been abused by women too. So I'm going to be wrong with it. There's been some women that beat some men up. So we ain't going to sit here and act like it's just a man by no common nature would say the man is stronger than the woman. So what I'm saying is like they have to do something. Like hopefully they'll figure out what the truth is once they figure out the truth that they handle it. But if that happens 
and it is some truth in it, or they really do go press charges, they probably are going to suspend the NFL, going to suspend um, Deshaun Watson. Not just not the organization. It's going to be more of an NFL thing because you're forcing the NFL to do something that they, they have no choice. It's a business thing. But um, yeah. Well, I think already in the CBA, it's already that once you get two claims or three claims against you, you have to be put on suspension, right? Mm. So I think once these things happen, and to me, the situ- if I'm the NFL, I'm just saying, hey, we, we, have to, we have to separate you from the team or whatever. Like, you could, he could be on paid leave or whatever, but we have to say you will not be starting the season for them. You go home. If these accusations come true, then maybe – the mm-hmm. Texans can legally have right to get their money or whatever. Yeah. I thought about Aaron Hernandez situation. Even if he said, Hey, I want to come back and play for you at this Kate at this time. <laughs> I just don't see how the NFL could say, Oh yeah, we're going to let you go back to the team when there's over 20 stories going on. There right. has to be some real sifting through before you could let him play. Like things have to shake out before we know what's happening right right so with that being said <clears throat> we'll go to another word for my sponsor on uh, my main man joseph man he has a, an amazing first class life insurance agency that he's doing stuff and he's helping people get out of situations making sure they're going to be prepared for when that time is gone from the world when it's their last day their family's going to be good he's been amazing he's he's even helped me out with life insurance keeping up with coverages things like that and changed my mind to where like I feel like my family's gonna be amazing after I leave, but I ain't trying to go too early though. So with that being said, I hope they ain't hear that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, with that being said, uh, here's a word from First Class Life Insurance. This episode is sponsored today by Call First Class Life Insurance, where we specialize in leaving dollars and not debt. For your family, we offer whole life policies with low prices that won't change. Call 704-650-8317 to schedule a consultation. They are licensed in North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, and Ohio. And use the promo code RAWMIND. Yeah, I said it. Use the promo code RAWMIND, and they will gladly assist you. So, Tony, the next subject, and this is a, it's a, uh, a good one here. And I thought you would love this. I think this is one of your favorite topics. So, here we go. You ready? Yep. Oh, yeah, your favorite topic. Everybody, it, it, trust me, it's his favorite topic, and I'm letting y'all guys know. We're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought for sure you were going to say the Lakers. <laughs> oh. We're going to go back to that, that, that talk anyway, but – uh. San Francisco, number three pick. I was on your show last week. We talked about some things, but here we are on our show today. Let's go ahead and bring this back up for discussion. The floor is yours again, Project Driven. Okay, so I don't know. It looks like they have a lot of picks, and I'm not really concerned because the draft will be remembered as to what the 49ers do with the third pick in the draft. Mm. I have to, the more I think about it, even since we've talked about it, the more I think about this, this has to be, this. all this Mac Jones talk has to be a smokescreen to keep 
somebody away from the guy that he really wants, right? Like mm-hmm. he must really want <clears throat> Justin Fields or Trey Lance to fall to him. And it seems like the Jets are pretty set on Zach Wilson, but I think that he also doesn't really I can't imagine you would trade up to number three to get a guy that you probably could have gotten much later. Where were they at originally? Six or nine or 12? 12. You probably could have gotten Mac Jones at 12, right? Right, right. If it looked like you weren't going to on draft day, I'm pretty sure you could have been like, hey, let me swoop up here in at six and get him there or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hear one team that needed a quarterback. I didn't hear the Panthers. I didn't hear the Jets. I didn't hear even the Atlanta Falcons who may be looking for the heir apparent to him. I didn't hear anybody saying, oh, Mac Jones is the guy we're taking at four, <laughs> five, six, seven. So I believe this. I believe that for some reason, I can't, still can't quite make sense of it, but this is all to keep the Jets – away from and i know everybody goes oh well the the jets coaching staff was the 49ers coaching staff last year it's like they're close they probably share information we're gonna take this guy you take this guy i don't believe that i don't believe the teams are that friendly because these guys are foes and this is the yeah, it's over now ain't no more friends no more them guys on exactly. different sides running two different organizations yeah. no nah, that's not happening no more yeah, <laughs> it was fun while i lasted wife, tell the <laughs> wife and kids i say hello but you want to know who I'm taking at two? Uh, you can wait and find out in the draft. That's what I think yeah. is going on. So I, I believe that if the 49ers came out and said, we moved up here because we, actually, we absolutely love Justin Fields, we think he's the future of this system, I really believe that the Jets would start going, oh, well, if Kyle Shanahan, the genius who hired us, thinks this much about this guy, we need to take a deeper look. Do we want him here? Right. So he can't he can't tip his hand all the way. I just believe it has to be Trey Lance or Justin Fields. They are the future of this position. They can make all of the throws. It's not like they're getting a running quarterback that can't drop back and pass the ball, can't play from within the pocket. I believe that Justin Fields is the more accomplished, NFL-ready quarterback who's got all the weapons, who will fit nicely in there. And that's who I believe is the pick at number three. And if they take Mac Jones, you will be getting a FaceTime phone call from me laughing maniacally <laughs> until I cannot laugh any longer if they take it. If I, I see Matt Jones go through there, the only thing I like about Matt Jones is his last name because he's a Jones. <laughs> if I see Matt Jones on draft day, you will see me say, we're sorry. The phone or the Facebook or the Instagram you have reached has been disconnected or is not in service. That's what you're going to (laughs) see. Try again another century from now. Have a nice (laughs) life. But, but like, for that man, um, that's the, that's the, what's one of the few things I do like about Kyle Shanahan. He never shows you his hand. I'm thinking he's Justin Fields all the way. But logically, it's like, okay, let's go look at Matt Jones. He didn't seen enough of Justin Fields to where, like, he doesn't have to even go look at Justin Fields because he's been dealing with him, watching him for year after year. Um, Zach Wilson, he didn't went to a lot of games this year at BYU for Zach Wilson. But we know that Zach Wilson is probably going to be with the Jets, as what we say. But he's seen plenty of film on him. The scouts of the, of the San Francisco 49ers have been at all just about all the BYU games, so that's nothing to really see. That he needed to see. He's probably getting all the information he got. Matt Jones is the only one he really hadn't had a chance to see or trade Lance. 
like face to face. So this was the first time. Boy, Matt Jones got to be a lucky dude right now, man, to be up in the air. And even if he doesn't go to the 49ers, he's being talked about a lot. So that means his market value has went up because he's getting talked about a lot, which means other teams might go after him. Like, he's a lot better than the way he is, and he's not. It must be nice to be playing for Nick Saban. Like um, my man said on your show the other day, Nick Saban didn't do too well in the NFL. No, he didn't, but he did beat Belichick quite a few times. But he's familiar with the NFL way of playing the game of football. And a lot of his guys that go there are just about NFL ready. Whether it's alignment, corner, wide receiver, the one position that hasn't been that successful for Nick Saban is the quarterback position. Tua has finally went to prove that. The other quarterbacks that's been at um, Alabama, we don't even know who they are. I mean, one of them was like a backup for the Jets, McElroy, McCoy. I can't even remember the guy. So, I mean, like, that's the only position that really hasn't been successful. That that one position has not been successful. So, um, yeah, the baby in the background, they need to um take, get quiet off the set. Yeah, but uh, and quiet off the set. Yeah, 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 y'all need to go. Uh, so, anyway, uh, anyway, uh, so with that, like, the quarterback position, it's probably one of the few positions on Alabama team with probably the only position that really is not that consistent to the NFL. But everything else is pretty consistent from linebackers to linemen, running backs, all that stuff. So I'm thinking, like, he's getting a lot of praise for one because he has Nick Saban as a coach. Two, he's been surrounded him and Trevor Lawrence, although we do think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the, in the draft. These two teams have been surrounded with NFL players all across the team. So it's, to me – it's kind of hard to really see the individual player, how good he is when you have all these really good players around them. And I know people probably say, if Matt Jones go there, if Kittle is healthy, Debo Samuel is healthy, Brandon Ayuk is healthy, Morster, and whoever else the running back is, it'll be perfect for him because he don't have to do nothing. No, the problem is, it is a problem. Because everybody just named, except the, with the exception of Brandon Ayuk this is the second year, just about stay hurt. Even Kittle stay hurt. And I love Kittle. So now you're saying you want him to lead your offense with guys who stay hurt all the time. No, I want the quarterback that can make plays with these guys can't be there. Yeah, Justin Fields know, is the pick. You know Kyle Shanahan. It's like, where's Debo? And they'd be like, oh, he got his ass whooped by Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ain't, and last year and the year before, and now they already picked him up. He already had an injury history at South Carolina. But when he's available, he's good. He's Can't, great. Available. What do you, I, you you maybe think of something. I think Debo's great. Um, yeah, but it's it's just the availability factor. It's the same thing with Devonte Parker, guys like that. I think they have a lot of, you know, Corey Davis. There's a lot of these guys that have the, the amazing skill set. It's just whether or not they can stay healthy and put it together. You maybe think of something though. Like mm -hmm. we give all this credit to Nick Saban, right? But it's like if your if your incoming class every year is filled with five-star blue chip athletes right right how much coaching are you really like why are we giving you all this credit when it's uh, like a five five star player goes down and they're replaced by a, a sophomore who was a five-star player and, right you know, five-star <laughs> player goes to the draft and he's replaced by a five-star player who was a freshman watching the five-star before him it, so like he gets all of this credit for right. doing all of these things but he has like the best incoming draft class from high school to college every year. So right. like Mac Jones is surrounded by five-star, but when he gets to the NFL, 
that will not always be the case. Because everybody you, just about everybody's on the same level. It's not college where you have five star talent here and every other team doesn't have the same amount of talent. The NFL, everybody's on the even course regardless. Even if the short lines went one and seven, but if they could play you in week eight, they can still beat you because they're they're professional. So like you still have the same level. That's why I say like Nick Saban has that mental effect. Like he gets these four star, five star players, and already that might like we go to Alabama, we know we're going to the NFL. Instead of them just saying, I'm a four-star, five-star athlete, I'm talented regardless where I go. So I'm going to still go to NFL. But it's like they say, like, if we go to Alabama, I'm going to secure my um, chances of going to the NFL, my percentage chances of making it to the NFL high at Alabama from a mental standpoint. And you're right. That's why I brought up a topic. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram. Is Gino Ariema a good coach or a great recruiter? Because he's the same just like um, Nick Saban. They always get these really, really, really good girls. And the first time, I'm, I'm going to make this short and quick. When I saw Gino Oriyama against um, Arizona the other day, that's the first time I really seen him look like, even though he was calm, like he was just so angry. Because most of the time he's playing, even if he's losing, it's like he's nothing. The other night, it looked like he just said, yo, I know these girls really good. They about to whoop me. And I know I ain't going to be able to do nothing about it. He had that look the whole game. Like it was a back and forth game, back and forth, back and forth. But, man, he had that look the entire game like, Man, I, I I don't know how much coaching I can do against this Arizona team. Like, I really know these girls are really, really that good. You know, and every year he gets the same talent, and he's always up there. Some people say his coaching had to start. Man, Gino been doing this for years. He's been doing this since the early 90s at UConn, just like Coach K been doing it for a long time. He, but I ain't, ain't going to put Coach K in this, but I'm just talking about Gino and, you know, Nick Saban. These guys do get the best, and they have a good quality because those guys have a – well, Coach K does, and I know for a fact Nick Saban has a turnover in coaches, meaning these coaches used to go get good jobs or become head coaches. You know how many times he done brought back Lane Kiffin and um, yeah. Steve Sarkeesian and actually got a job at um, Texas now? Like, he been bringing guys back and forth. When they leave a job, he bring them right back to them because they, they come off his pedigree. So I, I do say that. I just feel like Jesse Fields is the pick. I feel like yes. if it's Trey Lance, it's going to be four or five years, and I got number love for Kaepernick. But it's just it's just a cabinet situation that a lot of people always try to blame. They always try to say the NFL did cabinet wrong, which I understand the rest of the teams because he could have been playing on a team. But I knew once Kyle Shanahan became the head coach, cabinet wasn't his style. It's simply because what Kyle Shanahan always says. People don't notice the words that Kyle Shanahan says. Yeah, you know, I don't care if you're mobile a lot uh, uh, or not, you know. I just want a guy, you know, I, I love mobile quarterbacks, but, you know, I, I just like that guy who can stand in there and take that hit but still could be mobile. So basically he's saying, look, I want a guy that's going to be able to move around, stay in the pocket, make that throw. Kaepernick is a one possession, one progression, and if he sees the trouble, he's taking off. It ain't going to be no, I'm going to keep sitting in the pocket with Kaepernick. That's not Kaepernick's style. Kaepernick's style is, if you ain't, I'm going to look for you, but once, it, once you get covered, I'm gone. That's why people never notice. That's why Seattle used to, when they had, when the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks were good, at that time when um, San Francisco had Kaepernick outside the time they went to the Super Bowl, right after they went to the Super Bowl, the 49ers, Richard Sherman and them boys studied so much film on Kaepernick, like, after that year. Like, you could sense, like, they just had him in the back pocket. Like, Kaepernick never knew on the offensive side where to go with the football. It was almost like, we know he, he can't read but one person and he's going to take off. It's almost like they knew it. They said, if he see this one person, he's just going to make that throw. They had so much good study, but it was simple. Like, I love Cap too, but it was like, okay, we know he see that five and out. If it ain't there, he taking off. It ain't going to be no look, 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 look. 
So, you know, a lot of people understand that with Kaepernick, and that's that's one of the problems is, like, the quarterback position. So I feel like Trey Lance is like a Kaepernick. I don't see Kyle Shanahan going after him, but when he's playing in a division that's not, you know, North Dakota State, him and Carson Wentz went there, we don't really know can he really play that well in the NFL. I hope he – I wish him that the best. I hope he proved that I was wrong, but I don't think he's a Kyle Shanahan pick. It's only yeah. two quarterbacks that I see that's a Kyle Shanahan pick. Justin Fields, Matt Jones. Matt Jones by default. Justin Fields, if he's there, he's the man. Unless Zach Wilson is there at three. Yeah, no, Matt Mac Jones. I mean, I guess the lesser Matt Ryan. Um, <laughs> I, I'm done with that. <laughs> the, real, uh, I have two things to say. One, that, which you made me think about coaching, but real quick on Kaepernick, it's like, the problem sometimes when you have so much athletic ability and then yeah. never the you never get fully developed at the position. I right. think that was part of the problem with Kaepernick. Right. But on coaching, we talked about Gino Oriyama and whatever else. This is the thing I, I think that people forget about coaching. Once you get to the the dance, once you get to the playoffs, whatever it is, everything's pretty much settled, right? Mm-hmm. So it's on the players at that time. And I think that if Oriyama looked or if you looked out there, it's like, oh, we're just outmatched. Sometimes you get to the playoffs and it's like, right. we're just outmatched. And then it's the coach's job to be able to make an adjustment within game or in basketball to call that final play, whatever it is. It's we've both earned the right to be in this position. It's my talent versus you can't do any more coaching. The coaching happens in game in the regular season. That's right. what we see with the co- that's you get all of the ability I'm trying to – I think – let's go Mike Tomlin last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> right here. They All were right. 11-0. They were winning a lot of games early on with just the Mike Tomlin's ability to coach the defense, and they were winning close games. Once they started getting down to where the games meant matter more and it was talent versus talent, they could not compete anymore. The Browns had more talent. A lot of those games they lost towards the end, they just had more talent, especially they started to lose people. So coaching to me, once you get into a it's win or go home, it's on the players to then do that. And you can have right. micro in-game adjustments that coaching can put you over the top. But just all of a sudden you're going to out-coach somebody in the biggest game of the year when they have more talent than you. Larry Brown was the coach of the Sixers when they went there against uh, Phil Jackson and the Lakers that one year. Allen Iverson right. steps over Tyron Lue. They win game one or whatever. <clears throat> Nobody thought, oh, Larry Brown is going to outcoach these Sixers to beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. It's not, <laughs> not going to happen. The right. talent is going to win out. And in these one-and-done situations, majority of the time, the team with the most talent is just going to win them, and the coach can't do anything about it. Yeah, I feel the same way. And um, before we even go to that, I'm going to talk about my other sponsor, Unique Designs, man. Unique Designs has some custom-made jewelry, even oils for your hair, your beard, your face, a lot of authentic things that I also use. I use it as well. It keeps my face pure and nice and smooth. You know, so, hey, you always got to look good when you're up here trying to do podcast stuff, man. Can't be up here looking any type of way. That's my face shining a little bit. With that being said, here's a word from Unique Designs. Are you looking for abstract fluid art or resin art like no other? How about handcrafted jewelry or maybe hypoallergenic products? Well, look no further than uniquely designed. We design and create all 
our products with you in mind. We are a metaphysical art business. Our products list contains acrylic abstract fluid paintings, resin art, chess boards, Hamsa hand, incense holders, Oregon, pyramids and cones, chakra, Metatron cube plates, and ruins. Body oils for men and women. Not port and go. All in one butter can you be used from it can be used from head to toe, both male and female. Beard oil, hair growth serum, eyebrow, eyelash serum that can also be used on one's edges. Air freshener, body mist sprays. We make herbal infused tin as well as tea light candles. Our jewelry is all handcrafted by Synergy and not duplicated. Our jewelry line consists of men's and women's and children's went order. Please contact 704-953-5456 or uniquely, that's U-N-I-Q-U-E-L-Y-D-Z-I-G-N-E-D at gmail.com. And also follow uniquely design on IG, Instagram. And use the promo code RAWMIND and you will get a 10% discount off of any product. All right, so um, we're going to wrap up this last conversation in the NFL. Then I'm going to go back to the NBA quickly. Um, who's a team that you think we should look out for this year? Okay, so I have two. We talked about this briefly before the show. One, I really like the Chargers, um, what they've been able to do, bringing in uh, some stuff on the offensive line, I think will help that out. I think the defense will be back, and I think the Chargers could be um, a 10-win team this year. The other team that I think we've sort of discounted because of the retirement of Drew Brees is the Saints, where it's like, I really think that elevated play from the quarterback position, if you can get somebody who can push the ball and threaten deep downfield, it will make Alvin Kamara more dynamic, mm. right? more space to operate if you have somebody that can push the ball down the field deeper. And I could see the Saints being better than they've been in the past few years, even though they've been winning the division with Breeze every year. Just imagine if now you have a quarterback and Sean Payton has a guy, again, who can threaten deep. You know, like people forget Breeze used to have more of a deep threat and he was able to hit Marquise Colston underneath, but he was throwing deep balls to Devery Henderson or young Kenny Stills or whoever mm -hmm. they had as the deep threat there. But as the arm started to go away, it was like five-yard slants to Mike Thomas. So I think yeah. the Saints... And I think the Chargers are a couple teams that could could do some damage this year in the NFL. I got a team that's – they don't really have a lot of standouts, but if they draft well, they drafted this position pretty good, I think they're going to shock people. They might be a wild card this year. And they're coming out of the NFC. And I usually don't talk about them. I usually don't talk about them. But I'm always – but for – for today, it's like they're on my mind. Um, and I'm usually talking a lot of junk about them. But I'm going with 
my state, the Carolina Panthers. I feel like the Carolina Panthers, if they don't have Teddy Bridgewater, they're going to draft a good quarterback. They shot me last year as many games as they won because they should have lost even more. They had a few games that were just nail biters last year. I feel like they closed those games up. If Teddy is there again this year, they have a good solid group. They prost- Right now, the, the, the sweet stage for Deshaun Watson is probably over. So, I mean, McCaffrey's still going to be there. He'll be healthy. You know, Luke Keekley is a linebacker, so a defensive coach, a linebacker's coach now. So, I mean, you got guys that are preparing for the draft, and I feel like they're pretty capable of making some things happen with what they have. Now, am I saying Super Bowl or great? I just feel like they can push push for a wild card. So, a team that I'm saying I'm looking out for is just to push for a wild card. I'm not saying anything bigger, but I, I can see the Panthers doing better than they did this year, not getting ready for the draft, but actually pulling that wild card effect. People not sold on Matt Rule. But from what I saw last year, I saw something different. I think the Panthers can – they got rid of a few people this year, but I really think they're headed in the right direction. And they might be back. I really like nope. that too. Yeah. I, I, only thing I hate about them is that they ended the division with Tampa Bay and the Saints. I'm really not sold on Atlanta yet. The Saints and them could be even. But right now, it's everybody thinks that – um, I mean, Tampa Bay is going back to Subo, which I highly doubt it. But they could possibly push for a wild card. Back to the NBA now, man. Um, after this word from my other sponsor, Victory Auto Sales, my man be hooking up everybody with cars, cash deals you don't refuse. It could be like work cars. It don't necessarily be your luxury car. You can leave your luxury car the one you use for the weekend when you're going on your little hot dates or whatever you're doing, club or to the mall. You want to shop or you want to go on vacation. Your luxury car can sit down <clears throat> the whole week because you got something now that you could that's very dependable, great mechanics, and I'm telling you, cash. Deals that you would not refuse. I didn't got a few cars from them. And I ain't, I, 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 I feel comfortable. They ain't done me no wrong yet. He's a man of his word. He'll keep giving you whatever you need. Or if he don't have it, he'll find it for you. With that being said, let's have a word from Victory Auto Sales. This episode is sponsored by Victory Auto Sales, where they could give you either cash deals that you won't refuse, or they could get you a pretty good lender that can help you on financing a the car. They are very, very dependable cars. Your everyday cars, or if you need a car just to go to work back and forth, save you you know, money on your luxury cars that you can drive on the weekends. These cars have great mechanics and people who are extremely, extremely dependent. With that being said, call them at 252-563-6411 252-563-6411 or call them at 252-341-1644 252-341-1644. And let them know that Ryan sent you. And he'll tell you everything that you need to have. And you will definitely get a discount that you definitely, again, will not refuse. All right, so NBA talk. You said something about the Lakers earlier. How do you feel about your Lakers being hurt? To me, I feel like, honestly... It don't matter. It's not one of those NBA seasons where home court really matters. Ain't going to be a lot of people in the stands or nothing. The Lakers could be a sixth seed right now and still win the West. That's how I feel with, if everybody's back healthy. If AD, LeBron are back healthy, they'll still win out no matter where they got to go to play it. This ain't like a regular season where you got to go to all these teams. And even if they did, they still could probably pull it out. That'll be a dangerous – that'll be scary for some teams. That, and then you never know at the end of it. Even if they came down to a seventeen or seven seed or or six seed, they would go down his history as another accolade for LeBron. LeBron as a six seed takes his team to the NBA Finals. But go ahead, Tony. Give me your thoughts on NBA talk, Lakers or 
Brooklyn's hope. I love the narrative of the Lakers winning uh, the championship as the sixth seed. That's a beautiful, you know, little final diamond uh, in the legacy of LeBron James. This is what I think. Um, Home court advantage is going to be a hot topic when we get to the NBA playoffs, because if the Lakers end up the, the six seed or seven, maybe even eight seed, like, if LeBron and AD are out for a while, they really could fall and they could end up in a play-in situation, which mm. I don't love, but it doesn't really matter. If they end up playing the Jazz and the Jazz have more, like it's just a more opened up place and they can get 25,000 fans or whatever it is, you know, 16,000 fans in their stadium, that gives them an even a bigger edge because LA is far from letting the Staples Center fill up with people. Like Los Angeles is so protective on all of the COVID regulations and the fact that our mayor has said we won't even be nearing herd immunity or whatever until like July. I cannot imagine (laughs) a scenario in which they allow even 5,000 fans in the Staples Center. So my dream scenario would be the Lakers fall to the sixth seed because they're going to fall. Lakers are not finishing in the top half. They're about to go on a road trip right now where they're going to get beat by a bunch of good teams in the East. They play the Nets and the Sixers and the Bucks, and they play like all the best teams in the East over the next like 10 days. Mm. It's just going to be, you're going to see the Lakers. You're going to be like, are the Lakers even going to make the playoffs? People are going to start saying that in like a week. The the Lakers are about to go on a run where they're going to lose like four or five games in a row. And everybody, including me is going to say chicken little, the sky is falling. (laughs) <laughs> best case scenario was lebron and ad get back they get the sixth seed lakers or clippers get the third seed so that way it doesn't matter there's no fans we get the fight for you know la clippers lakers in the first round i'm hyped for that ready to go as long as they're back and healthy i like the lakers oh i don't know i'm i'm really <laughs> feeling the jazz and the suns more than oh boy so with that being said, you're trying to tell me right now on Raw Mind Sports, even healthy, and they have a six seed with LeBron and AD, you feel like the Phoenix Suns is going to beat or the Utah Jazz. If they got home court advantage, it's going to beat the LA Lakers. The the Jazz more so. I, I really don't think people understand how good they are at shooting the three and playing defense. And when you can do those two things, because that is what the Lakers, the Lakers calling card is defense. And then they they shoot timely threes. They also have LeBron. But like last year in the playoffs, they played defense. Guess what the, the Utah Jazz do? We could see a bunch of games in the low 90s finished. And then they also have guys that can go get buckets in Clarkson and Donovan Mitchell, and which I think is a tough cover for them. So I could see the Jazz and Lakers going to six or seven. I'm still going to take the Lakers, obviously, because uh, – I'm a fan and I'm biased, but I could see the Suns and the Jazz taking them out. Like, it's just the reality of how good those teams are. And with that being said, and this is the first time, people, on Raw Mind Sports, I'm going to have to give raw thoughts to Tony Tucker. LeBron James, and if AD is healthy, I don't care where they playing that. Raw thoughts, the heart, and the, the just the name LeBron and AD – is going to be enough. And although I like Quinn Snyder because he came from Duke, so and I'm a I'm a Duke Blue Devils guy. So I, I like how Quinn Snyder is playing. But I'm here to tell you, if LeBron and AD is healthy, 
They may win a couple of games. I don't care where they playing at. They could be playing on the moon with Neil Armstrong back in the 70s. They're going to beat them in some barefooted, in some moon rocks, with some moon rocks. It's over. So I'm here to tell you today, Raw Thoughts, I hate to put it to you, Tony, at the end of the show. They not beat Jazz, Phoenix Suns, Healthy Lakers, don't care if you play yet, they're not beating them. Stick a fork in it, cancel it. I think Tony Tucker was trying to instigate this conversation on purpose because at the end of the day, that ain't happening, and I'm going to take that out your mind right now and get over it. Get that thought out your mind. It is over. They're not beating them. I don't care how good they are in the regular season. Stick a fork in it. They got to play the Lakers. They're going to be scared before you even get scared because they know they got to beat LeBron and AD seven games. Well, it's a seven-game series, but they got to beat them four times. That ain't happening. <clears throat> and Lord knows they praying they don't even have to play the Lakers. Because either way, raw thoughts, they better get ready to get their cognac in them because it's going to be over. VIP to the club, you go. Because you sure won't be going to the real club. You going to that club on, on one of them streets, one of the little local ones. That's every everyday clubs. Because it's over for you. Utah, you about to wake up from your dream. But with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, Tony Tucker, plug in everything you had. It's always an honor to have you on my show. I know you had a lot of things today probably to do. You know, you out here giving hugs, kissing babies, although the mayor told you don't come out the house, you won't listen to him. So with that being said, you know, plug everything in and tell everybody where they can find you at. <laughs> uh, yes, thank you for having me on the show, Project Dribble. Go to YouTube and subscribe there. The live shows, uh, that always helps out. Uh, Project Dribble everywhere, the podcast on Apple, iTunes. If you're feeling generous, leave ratings, comment. I'm always down to chime in on sports and topics. Ryan, thank you for having me on the show. Man, no problem, no problem. With that being said, everybody, you guys have a great day, great night, great morning, whatever time you listen to this episode.